Hey beautiful soul, have you ever had one of those moments where you learned a piece of wisdom or knowledge that was so powerful and so enlightening that it felt delicious to your soul? Well, these powerful moments are what I like to call spirit goodies, and each episode of this podcast is filled with them. My name is Allie Berry, and I am an aura reader, spiritual teacher, and lover of all things mystical. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into auras, the ups and downs of being on a spiritual journey, life, love, and everything in between. I'm so happy you're here. Now let's get into it. Hello, welcome to the Spirit Goodies Podcast. It has been a minute since I have recorded a new episode. I really wanted to ease into this new year of 2022 and really allow myself to feel ready and inspired to start posting again. And also, I'm going to keep it real with you guys. It is the first day of spring, so happy spring equinox. And for me, the first day of spring is like the new year. It makes more sense to me because it's like the new year is in January when it's still cold outside, depending on where you live. And... It's like winter time and that's when I'm like hibernating my energies more in hibernation and it's like, you know, ease and springtime. It's like that rebirth and that new energy coming in. And that was kind of my plan was to rest, ease. And when my the real new year for me comes through, then here I am. It's like my, my energy is like reborn again. And so, yeah, so I'm so excited you're here with me. Thank you to everyone who is a loyal listener. And I just have so much fun and I learned so much making these podcast episodes for everybody. And I also love teaching and chatting about inner alchemy and auras and all this amazing, awesome spiritual journey stuff. And so that leads us to this episode, which is all about inner alchemy, the basics, inner alchemy 101. And if you've been with me for a while, you know, like, I don't just talk about auras and reading energy and intuition and stuff like that. I also do deep healing sessions called, that I call inner alchemy sessions. And for those of you who don't know about inner alchemy, I'm going to talk about it today, the basics, and then also share a little bit about my story and how I came to learn these things and what it's all about. And so let's get into it a little bit about my story. So inner alchemy, I learned this through the school that I went to back in 2018. And 2016 and 17 were really, really hard years for me. I call them my Phoenix years because I really crashed and burned like 16 and 17. They're honestly really dark times. Like it's like the Phoenix, like, you know, when they burn, be in the ashes, that was me for those years. And there's a lot that happened. I was very depressed for multiple reasons. And I think it really just came down to, I wasn't, I had all these like dreams and aspirations and I was living my life based off of how you're kind of told and not really listen to my soul's calling and also not really having clarity on that. And so I was living my life kind of based off of what I'd been conditioned, which we all do from society, from family, from this and that. And it eventually caught up to me. 
And so during that time period, I really knew that I needed healing. And I went through these different experiences that really pointed to me stepping into and embracing my spiritual gifts, embracing my intuitive gifts to help others. But I was like, at that time, I'm like, okay, I don't even know. I can, I'm still learning how to use it for myself. How can I then use this to help other people? And, and if I'm going to do that, I need to do my own healing. I'm not going to come out here and act like I know everything. And like, I know what's going on when I still have so much that I feel like I need to heal from. And I had a series of visions and dreams and just confirmations that this was part of my purpose. And I was like, okay, if this is part of my purpose, I need to heal, guide me and lead me to where I can do that. And a few weeks later, I came across a school called the Institute of Healing Arts. And I live in Utah and this was a little school that was literally like 10 minutes away from my house. And at the time I lived in Provo, Utah, if anyone is familiar with that place, it was a, yeah, (laughs) not the best place for me to be living, but it was definitely during those, you know, crucible Phoenix years, crashing and burning years. And that was the one thing that good thing that came out of living there. There was a few other things too, but I discovered the Institute of Healing Arts, which was a school that taught about different healing art modalities. Each week we learned about like one week it was about chakras and next week it was about flower essences and auras and feng shui. And it was, it was really meant to kind of introduce people to a diverse, like that there's many ways that you can use holistic healing practices in your practice or your work that you're doing and simultaneously they taught something that they called the process or integrative processing technique that I was being facilitated in so not only was I being certified as a facilitator a mentor a guide for a whole year I was also being processed and working on my own stuff as well And I loved it so much because it was just so hands-on. Like each day, each week, I was partnered up with another classmate. And every other week, so one week, I was the facilitator. Next week, I would be the one who was working on their stuff. And I loved it so much because it allowed me to work through my stuff and really let go and release a lot of things that have been holding me back and get certified and it connected with me again with my intuitive gifts that I felt like I had lost as a child but realized that it had never left me and it was just about me embracing it in its new form and so the way they taught it they had a very specific way but it, it was also designed that you can shift and change it and use the tools in your own way and so once I graduated I realized I was like oh my gosh like this is like alchemy like you're taking your insecurities, your fears, everything, and alchemizing, transforming them into gifts, into strengths, right? And so inner alchemy in general is how I would say, how I would explain it, like the sessions is a highly visual journey with your inner child to explore, identify, and alchemize mental, emotional, spiritual, and energetic blocks into embodied truth and living. 
It's an unlearning of what isn't you and pulling back the layers of the self and embracing wholeness. Alignment is your birthright. And so with this, we really work on with your inner child because a lot of our beliefs and our triggers are created at that time. And looking at it from a mental, like subconscious, heart, body, and energy, spirit, and really looking at it, the different layers of the self and working through different issues. So whether that's working through shame, working through like different fears, like whatever it is. And so, and just to mention for those of you who may not know what alchemy is, alchemy, I think I talked about this in another episode, but alchemy originally back in the day, way, way back in ancient times, alchemists were like the OG chemists and scientists it was believed that they could turn lead into gold. You know, I always say that Jesus was an alchemist because he turned water into wine. So, <laughs> you know, and so it's it's that process. And so that was on a really physical, scientific level. And so the alchemy I'm talking about is more of a symbolic alchemy. It's a an inner alchemy. So anything that you can transform, it's like taking those things that are seemingly useless or just like things that you don't like about yourself and parts of yourself that you feel like are holding you back and realizing that you can transform them into gifts you can transform them into strengths but they're actually the same that the things that we think hold us back the things that we think make us unlovable not good enough it when you go deeper into the shadow when you go deeper into it it actually is the gift and it's not what you're trying to become. It's really not something that's outside of yourself, but in fact is who you are. It's just pulling back those layers that separate you from embracing that part of yourself. And so let's dive in and (laughs) let's dive into the different elements of inner alchemy work. And first and foremost is the inner child. So as children, we are open. We are sponges. We, it's that time when, before we have insecurities, before we're really like overly (laughs) self-aware and we're just living life. We have our desires. We're doing our thing. We don't question it for the most part. And when we have experiences, whether they're positive or negative, it creates a belief about ourselves and really shifts how we view life and once we have that belief of course there's emotions attached to that whether positive or negative and each of these emotions and beliefs creates a pattern and it's a pattern so if it's something positive it can create a positive pattern because you've learned you had a positive experience it created a positive belief about yourself which created all these confidence and like feel good emotions and creates a pattern. And so it helps you just to thrive in life. Whereas if it's more of a negative thing, it creates patterns of survival and coping. And one thing we'll learn is that none of this is good or bad. It just is what it is. We are beings. Yes. Survival is important. Like a lot of our different mechanisms, like the mind and especially our mind, it it really gravitates toward coping skills anything that's just going to help us survive and it's like yes but let's elevate that a little bit and 
shift to thriving. And so into the realms of the self, the different parts of ourselves, which is our mind, body, heart, soul, and energy, all of these things, when we talk about them, oftentimes it's like, oh, here's your mind over here and your heart and this and your body. And oftentimes I think as a society, we talk about these things separately, but really they are inextricably connected and are created to work together in harmony, even though they all have very different functions, but they all like overlap and overlay with each other. And so one place we start, once we connect with the inner child, once you have that connection, whether you actually see yourself and I'll guide, this is a guided, highly visual experience and journey we start to delve into the realm of the subconscious mind. Now, I often, these are the terms I use. I'm sure there's some scientific, specific official name for out there, but we have like our subconscious mind, which holds our core beliefs. It's oftentimes that that part of your mind that we don't even know is really running the show. And then we have like our logical, like part of our brain, like our conscious brain where it's like that part of yourself that's like just everyday things like okay I need to do this I never go here oh make sure to look both ways before I cross the street make it you know it's that part of you that kind of keeps you alive and make sure you're doing all the things you need to do and remembering things and stuff like that and just daily functioning right and so the thing is is our subconscious mind it holds our core beliefs and it doesn't really know the difference between fantasy and reality, right or wrong, good or bad. And so that's why oftentimes we have these beliefs and ways of doing things that are kind of self that are like self-sabotaging behaviors and beliefs because your subconscious mind holds that and it doesn't it doesn't know that that's bad. It just knows that that's what I was taught. That's the belief that was created so that's what I hold on to until someone decides to switch it up and give me something new (laughs) it doesn't even know but it does understand the language of symbols colors and sounds it doesn't understand like normal language like how we talk and so that's why sometimes people can do like they do affirmations they do this but if they don't do that deeper work it doesn't always stick because the subconscious still hasn't been reprogrammed so to speak or updated and so one thing about the mind is when especially when people first start on their alchemy journey is the mind our that logical part of our brain that like conscious brain that's like always that inner dialogue that's always going always thinking that part of your mind can kind of get in the way because its job is to analyze to make sense of things to sift through like, oh, that doesn't make sense. That's not practical. Throw it out. Oh, that doesn't work, you know, whatever. And when you do healing work like this, you're kind of going beyond anything logical or practical. You're kind of stepping into the realm of spirit, to the realm of the heart, into these things that aren't like literal. And so your your conscious brain or even like your left brain, which is like the analytical side, it starts to be like, um, this doesn't make sense. Um, oop, don't say that. That's weird. That's not gonna make sense. That's wrong. Right. And it's, it, it's job, what it's doing, 
even though that's annoying and you're just like, oh, like, why would my mind do that? It's like, it's protecting you because it doesn't want conflict. It doesn't want, it's going to try and find the easiest way to do things or things that it's been taught is right or wrong or the right way to do things. And it's different for everybody. It's been conditioned, you know, to think a certain way. And our minds aren't bad. It's just designed for survival and protection. And so this journey will really help you to differentiate between your mind speaking and your heart and your soul. And so at first your mind's going to try and step in and be like, oh, I got this. I'm going to make sense of this experience. I know what's going on. And it's like your heart's like, thank you, boo, but I got this. (laughs) And so we need our brains for like logical to help balance out, you know, our desires, our intuition and our discernment, you know, and and it holds common sense. It holds critical thinking. Those skills are important. But when you live in that space 24 seven and you ignore the wisdom of your heart and your soul, you're not going to be living your life to the fullest. And you're going to always feel like you're never really doing what you truly want to do. And so when we step into this realm, it opens up a lot and connecting to the subconscious, moving past more of the top layer of the mind, meaning like just your conscious dialogue, if that makes sense, and moving deeper into your subconscious, that's when things start happening, right? And with each subconscious belief that we identify, there's always going to be emotions attached to that. And that's when we move in to the wisdom of the heart. And so our heart space is the seat of compassion, love, acceptance, healing, forgiveness, etc. It's interesting because modern studies are starting to find that our heart actually has its own intelligence, just like the brain. And when we have experiences, whether they're like positive experiences or negative experiences, there's always going to be emotions attached to that belief that was just created about ourselves and once we identify the emotions we can then feel into where it shows up in our body which can say a lot about how it functions and we begin to process with shapes and colors so shapes and colors are here to move energy out of the body and into a container hence the shape Um, During this time, I really guide you with deepening questions to help you gain clarity and wisdom and understand the deeper layers of yourself and how it functions. And our emotions are portals to deeper interpretations of who we are. And when done repeatedly, it helps the subconscious know that it's gone now and creates a new, helps to create new neural pathways. So And this is what I mean by like our mind, our heart, our spirit are all connected because like each thing that we do in one area ripples out into the other. So shapes and colors. It's such a powerful practice. And like I said, in the mind with our subconscious, it doesn't understand just like normal language. And so symbols, sound, um, color. It's like when you let's say you're working with shame, you pull out shame into a shape and a color and it's like your subconscious looks at that it's like oh there's that shame it's like gone now it's being let go the reason for shapes is to put it in a container 
it and even though and this this is where this is where your logical brain your conscious part of your brain it tries to be like step in and be like oh what you just pulled out shame and it's a orange like spider what that doesn't make sense what does that even mean like and then it can be easy to be like oh well I don't know like and I did this a lot too where it's like at first I'd be like oh it's a red circle or that like literal shapes but it can literally be anything it's not about making sense it's the practice of doing it is what starts a shift to happen when it starts releasing and letting go and so and but the colors colors with our psychology with our minds mainly our um our subconscious minds it they have deeper meaning and so this is where my aura reading skills come in (laughs) and I I also like to encourage people to create their own meaning behind what it means and shapes don't always have deeper meaning its main function is to contain these really complex emotional energies and help you to compartmentalize in a, in a positive way and move it through. It's like, here it is, it's gone. Here it is, it's gone. And doing it over and over again in session helps create those new neural pathways because it's like your subconscious is learning, okay, I don't have to do it like this. Here's a new way of doing it. And that's really powerful. And it really teaches you, again, to understand now you start to create a language from your heart. And now you start connecting with your heart more and learning the wisdom and beauty of the emotions. And learning that there's no such thing as good or bad emotions. That they just are in their information to help you understand your life experience and how you can move forward. And... So then we move on to patterns. So with our emotions, it moves us to do something. So if you're feeling shame, do you turn to like eating sweets or you turn to just like whatever it is, like whatever your action is when you're feeling these emotions. And there's obviously honestly like more emotion than just one. Sometimes it's multiple, but it moves to a pattern to deal it's like the coping skill and I I really associate this with the body because it's like that's how you're living that's the choices you're making and your body never lies your body carries a lot of wisdom as I think you're getting here now that each part of you has its own innate wisdom and function and purpose and when we do things like this our patterns it's because at one point it did serve us so there's no shame in it you are just at a point where it's time to shed the old and welcome in the new, upgrade to a new way of being. And and the thing is, is no one teaches us how to upgrade like this, how to shed these old ways of being, right? And so to give an example, when I was in school, I... As a teenager, I had a lot of guilt and shame around being a procrastinator. Like, I'd always procrastinate. Even when I'd say I really wanted something, I'd always procrastinate. And you think, well, that doesn't make sense. Or it sounds like you don't really want it. When really, that's actually not the case. So, that's the pattern. I'd always procrastinate on schoolwork. On I would have all these creative ideas and I would never start. 
or I would start and then just quit. Well, growing up, a lot of times, like I, when I was little, I really struggled in math in school, particularly in math. And I always felt like I was just a failure. I always felt like I wasn't good at anything or I would start being good at things and I would lose interest and it wasn't fun anymore. And that was really disappointing because it was like, at one point I did love it. And so if that's your experience, then of course that's going to create feelings of sadness, of frustration, of boredom, of not believing in yourself. You start to believe, oh, I'm not good at anything. Oh, I'm a failure. Every time I try to do something, I fail and then I'm disappointed. And so procrastination was a protective shield from disappointment, from failure. And it was safer to do nothing than to try and be really hurt when it didn't turn out how you're hoping. Like that sucks. And so do you see how even the things that we think we want to get rid of are leading us to deeply understanding ourselves more and are actually, it's not like bad, it just is what it is. And that's what you learn to survive, right? And when it gets to a point where it's really starting to hold us back and you're, it's creating more frustration in life and you feel like you're not living and being the way you truly want to be, that's a sign that it's just time to upgrade, boo. It's just time to shed that old skin like the snake and let your new shiny skin shine through, right? Yeah, I love snake symbolism. That's exactly how this process is, which is snakes are also symbols of alchemy, which is pretty cool, I think. (laughs) And so this part is really powerful as well because when people are first starting out and they don't really know where to start, I always tell them to observe their patterns. Are you dating the same like person who's emotionally unavailable over and over again are you having the same experiences in your job where you move from job to job and every job sucks no matter what you do like it's stuff like that it's like these patterns these things happening over and over again in your life that you don't want to happen and you don't get why it happens that means there's a lot of emotional energy old emotional energy and subconscious beliefs that are hidden deep down in there. And that's a good place to start. So if you're kind of listening to someone and you're like, well, I don't even know where to start, look at your patterns because that's going to be another portal that will help you to understand where to start and what's really the issue. And I also consider this subtle somatic healing and embodiment by bringing awareness to what you are doing, what you're choosing to physically do in response to emotional triggers and subconscious beliefs. And it's really, like I said, it's really powerful. It's really eye-opening to start becoming aware of the patterns you are doing because also your patterns is what is embodied, is what has been, you know, integrated. (laughs) And when something's really integrated, Meaning like it's really part of like just who you are and how you live. And when I say who you are, quote unquote, it's not really who you are. It's just been, it's just how you've been conditioned to move through life. That means it is something that is deeply ingrained, but no fear. Regardless of how deeply ingrained something is, it can always be unlearned and untangled with time and patience and 
doing work like this. And that moves us on to these more subtle body. When I say body, I don't mean literal body, but subtle realms and spaces of the spirit and energy. And one thing that we do, I incorporate sound healing in all my sessions, sound healing. And I'm, I'll do like a whole episode on this, but it, the vibration, just on a basic level can really be used as a tool for clearing energy, especially stagnant energy that may seem just like really embedded and stubborn. (laughs) Sound can get to spaces that nothing else can get to. And it aids in integration and helping to really bring all this work together in wholeness. Another thing is once we go through each of these areas, what's so important when you do energy work and things like this is once you release something, we talked about the shapes and the colors, you have now on an energetic level created a void, created an empty space. Empty space is a very powerful position to be in because in empty space, in nothingness, anything is possible. It's the genesis of creation, the beginning before things are created. And so in this position, anything is possible. You, When you do this work, it puts you in your power again. It makes you see and realize that you do have some power. Now, of course, we have systems of oppression and things like that that also get in the way. But I love this concept of release and replace. Because when you create on an energetic level, when you're doing energy work, it's always important that when you release, when you let go, that with that empty space, you replace and refill with things that are really designed to help you thrive. So how we do that is we use our voice. I guide you through releasing the old and calling in, calling back to you the new. So if you're like, I'm releasing anger, I'm releasing shame, guilt, whatever, we go in detail and I call in, I alchemize, I replace and refill it with joy, peace, calm, personal power, like whatever it is. That, and it seems really simple, but on an energetic level, it really does something and it really fills that space and become part of who you are now and really aids in the integration process and leads to embodiment and what do I mean by that that embodiment is the natural byproduct of integration and when you do deep inner work like this your outer world shifts to reflect it and match and vice versa and whether you start with like because a lot of times people are like oh when you heal you need to heal on the inside it's like it kind of doesn't matter either way because our inner world or outer world like all the different parts of the self 
are inextricably connected. So when you do deep inner work, it's going to shift and change your reality in some way. Whether you start with somatic, like body healing, that's going to shift your inner world. And they will start to integrate. And so integration in this, in a healing space, is when all the deep work you've done comes together and you start noticing little shifts and changes and it starts to stick. Because a lot of times, I think we've all done things that are supposed to be good for us, that are supposed to help us heal, but it's like in the moment you feel good, but then a few days later, you kind of go back to normal. It When things start to integrate, it's like it really just starts to shift in a permanent way. And with embodiment, that's kind of, I don't want to say the final product, but it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's just like when it really shifts your very being. And I feel like embodiment is used, especially in the healing and spiritual spaces. It's used like, I feel like it's a buzzword now. It's used in a lot of different ways. But what I mean when it comes to inner alchemy work is the tangible and visible expression of the inner healing that you have done. Not only do you know it in your mind, know who you are, know that you should feel like you love yourself and know who you are and all those things. And not only do you just feel it in your heart, it has become a part of who you are down. It's almost like it's been rooted in your cells and it has shifted the way you carry yourself and the inspired actions you choose to take. It's as if like that's who you are now. Does that make sense? And how you carry yourself, your essence, it's not just like a fleeting moment. It becomes like that's just who you are now. And it's a beautiful thing. When I first did start doing this work, there were things back in 2016, 2017, all growing up that were just a part of who I was and I, I wanted to be different. I wanted to change. I wanted to, but it just felt like it was just too powerful. Like I couldn't even imagine living my life without shame, without guilt, without questioning if I was, if I was lovable or all those things. And there are things that were like, I really truly believe that it was going to be part of who I was and just my life experience. And now it's like something I don't even really struggle with anymore. And, and if it does come up, I have those tools to work through it and it doesn't totally derail my whole existence. <laughs> and so that was fun. I really enjoyed this episode. That's just kind of the basics of inner alchemy so if you see when I talk about inner alchemy sessions, this is kind of what I'm talking about. These are the things we will be going through. And of course, if you're interested, there is a link in my bio to connect with me and set up a time or want to look, learn more. I also talk a lot about it on my Instagram at I am Ali Berry at, on Instagram. And I'll be talking about it more also on my TikTok. And it's all the links are in the link in my bio in, on Instagram. And if you just want to learn more and connect with me, you can follow me on Instagram. That's where I post the most about all the work that I do. And I just want to thank you for listening and connecting with me. If you have any questions, 
you can DM me, you can, you know, leave a comment, anything like that. And I love you guys so much and I'm so grateful for this space and I just absolutely love sharing and teaching all these amazing alchemy tools and I can't wait to connect again in next episodes and I'll see y'all later. Bye.